All right. Good morning. So, hey guys, we have a special guest. He had me reach out to the one and only Glenn Lundy. Glenn Lundy, he is a well, very well known in the car industry. He is a former general manager of a top Chevy store in the country selling, you know, thousands of cars a month. This guy is amazing. He is the, uh, the current host of Hashtag Rising Grind on Facebook. If you have not seen that on Facebook, I'm sure he will talk about it a little bit, but I wanted to introduce Mr. Glenn Lundy uh, to this meeting. Make sure everybody has their camera on, everybody's paying attention, uh, take notes, because I'm sure he's going to drop some truth bombs to everybody. Um, but I want to introduce Mr. Glenn Lundy, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him right now. Good morning. I just want to start off by saying, my goodness, isn't it great to start the day without Alex screaming at you first thing this morning, right? Right? No Alex today. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. You already know it's going to be a great Friday. No, I'm just kidding. Alex is one of my favorite human beings on the planet, and I'm super stoked for this opportunity, opportunity to spend some time with you guys this morning, as well as a continued opportunity going forward. Alex and I have decided that we're going to join forces and help take Take you guys to an even another level, which is crazy to think because you guys are already doing some amazing things out there at Seguin, over there at Capital. It's been really, really phenomenal watching you guys from abroad. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am a husband to one. I am a father to seven. That's right. I got seven babies going on eight. My wife is currently pregnant with number eight. I'm also a 22-year automotive professional, and as my man Kobe mentioned, I'm the host of the wildly popular Facebook Live show, Hashtag Rise and Grind. So super excited to be here with you guys uh, this morning. One thing I want to do right out the gate, like I am an energy bandit, and one thing that I know, well, I know two things, two things. One, there's half of you in here that I don't see your video and that hurts my feelings. It's like you're hiding from me. It's like you're not listening to me. It's like you don't want to pay attention to me. It's like you don't have 20 minutes for me. So pop those videos on because I need to see your energy. I need to see your face and I want to get rocking and rolling. Get an idea of the store that I ran. That was my store. That was my baby. That was in a town of population 9,600 people that we were able to build that store. When I started working there in 2011, we were selling 120 cars a month. In March of 2018, we sold 1,043 cars in 27 business days closed on Sundays. What you guys are doing over there is spectacular. I get it. I understand the feeling. It's fun. It's remarkable. But I want you to know that I've shared that experience before. I've shared it, and now I'm super excited to partner with Alex to take his tank riding talents and my guitar playing assaults and be able to add something new to what you guys got going on there so we can continue to move the needle. Fair enough? Now, listen, I've got a story I want to share with you now that we're friends. Are we all friends now? Are we friends? You guys know you got my personality now, right? You get who I am. I'll jump on the roof. I'll dance. I'll put a, I'll put a tie around my head so I can look like Jimi Hendrix. I'll do whatever I got to do to help people win, right? So now that we're friends and you know who I am, I want to share a personal story with you real quick, if that's okay. Is that okay? So I was sitting at my house in Kentucky. Actually, that's a lie. I wasn't sitting at my house. I was actually sitting outside of my house in Kentucky. And I got a phone call. When I answered the phone, it was my mom. 
my mom was in tears. She was crying. And she said, JR, which is what they used to call me because I'm Glenn Jr. She said, JR, I hate to tell you this, but your grandfather only has moments left to live. He's dying. It could be any second. It could be any minute. And so when she gave me this news, of course, it brought me to my knees. You see, my grandfather was an incredible man. He stood about six foot two, 210 pounds. He was married to my grandmother for 49 years. My grandmother never had a driver's license. She never had a job because she always knew my grandfather was going to take care of him. My grandfather fought in the war. He was a military person his entire life for the army. He was also the, the uh, president of the men's Democratic Society for the American Legion for a lot of years. This was a guy who was all about the military. He was all about this country. He took care of his wife and his children and his family. He was a man that I admired deeply. So when they told me he only had moments left to live, you could imagine the sinking feeling in my stomach. You could imagine me being 2000 miles away in Kentucky with him having moments left to live, the thoughts that ran through my mind. So I immediately got off the phone and I immediately uh, caught a flight out to Arizona. It took me about a day and a half to be able to get out there. Now, once I got out there the whole time, I'm wondering if my grandfather is going to be alive when I get there. I arrive. He's still alive. The man that I see laying in the bed is this one that has this real thin skin and he's down to maybe 130 pounds. He looks nothing like the man that I knew. I couldn't even recognize him. He's wearing one of those bed sheets with the little slit, you know, like the hospital gowns with the slit in the back. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And he's got tubes coming out of every single orifice. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, but he was still alive. He was still there. Now, because my family was military, other family members were all over the country. We had family members in Florida and Virginia and DC over in Seattle. And so I got there after a day and a half, but the last family member didn't arrive until two and a half days after I got that initial phone call. My grandfather held on that entire time, even though they, were, they told us he had moments left to live. So once the, fi the final family member arrived, we were all standing around my grandfather's bed in a semicircle. And as we were standing around his bed, my grandfather says to my stepdad, he says, hey, Everett, that's my stepdad's name. He says, hey, Everett, will you do me a favor? Will you please tell me my favorite joke? Now, you have to understand something. My grandfather was in the military his entire life. Any of you guys in the military? Did anybody serve in the military in here? Okay, I see some hands. I see some hands. I appreciate your service. I really do. One thing that I could probably tell you and you guys can probably agree with is the military, when, you, when they tell jokes in the military, they're usually dirty jokes, right? They're usually a little bit dirty, right? So my grandfather loved dirty jokes. He was a God-loving Christian man, but man, he loved him some dirty jokes. And so he said, Everett, will you please come over here and tell me my favorite joke? Now, do I have your permission, Kobe? Do I have permission to tell a slightly dirty joke? It's not bad, but it's a little crude, all right? So my stepdad leans over. He goes over to my grandfather who's dying. And he says to my grandfather, he says, Al, what do you call Moby Dick's father? And there's a pause for a minute. My grandpa smiles. And he says, what? My stepdad says to him, Papa Boner. 
and we all chuckle just a little bit, just like you guys are right now. We all chuckle a little bit and a tear rolls down my eye as it's rolling down the eyes of every member of the family. And then my grandfather says at that point, he says, bring me my wife. And his wife of 49 years, my grandmother, she's like four foot two, just this tiny little woman. She walks across the room. She climbs into bed with my grandfather. My grandfather wraps his arms around her and he dies. Right there in that moment, right there in front of all of us with his wife in his arms on the hospital bed. Now, the reason I wanna share this story with you since we're friends now, the reason I wanna share this story with you is there was two things that I learned from that experience that I wanna share with you today. The very first thing that I learned from that experience is that we are spiritual beings, 100%. I, no one can argue with me now. I used to not believe this. But science cannot explain to me how my grandfather, who was on his deathbed, was able to wait two and a half days for the very last family member to arrive. How he was able to be told his favorite joke and, and die with his arms wrapped around his wife of 49 years. Science can't explain that. So that was the first thing I learned from that is that we are spiritual beings. With that comes responsibility and ability, ability to create amazing things and a responsibility to make an impact in other people's lives. The second lesson that I learned from that experience that I wanna share with you this morning is that we are most comfortable in life right before death. You see, there was this moment just before my grandfather died, while he was being told his favorite joke, while he was wrapping his arms around his wife, there was this moment where the life came back to him. His skin filled back, the, the lights came back on in his eyes, I could see the smile. The man that was on the table that was unrecognizable a moment ago, it was my grandfather again. It was like he filled back up with spirit, with light. He was comfortable, the pain had gone away. It was a brief moment, it didn't last long, but it is a moment that I will never, ever, ever forget for my entire life because I see a society filled with people who are seeking comfort, who are trying, I just want enough to be comfortable. I just wanna live a comfortable existence. I'm comfortable with how far we've come. I'm comfortable with how many we've sold. I'm comfortable, and when we seek comfort, it only brings us closer to death. Raise your hand if you're not ready to die yet. I see a lot of people in here that aren't ready to die yet. If you're not ready to die yet, then I challenge you to continue to seek the things that make you uncomfortable. You see, all of our growth is gonna come from uncomfortable situations. Growth only comes from friction. There is no growth without it. There's this process of change followed by struggle, followed by growth and then success. That's how it works. Trust me, I have seven children. I've seen this over and over and over and over. First, we make a change, right? There's a baby, newborn baby. It's just laying there. It's like goo goo ga ga, right? It's just an alien. It just poops and pees. It doesn't care about nothing. It's just content. And then something switches in the mind. There's a change. It says, wait a minute. I don't want to just lay here. I want to be able to roll over. 
And then you watch that child struggle as it kicks out its arms and its legs. Well, that struggle process is really what helps it find its hand-eye coordination. It's what develops the muscles in the arms and the legs. And ultimately, it has success. It rolls over. And we clap and we cheer. Yay, the baby rolled over. And then guess what happened? Something changes again. The baby's like, I'm not cool just rolling over. I want to start crawling. I want to move. So it goes through the same process. So from the moment you were born until the moment you die, you will go through this process. First, there's a change followed by struggle. That struggle is followed by growth. That growth is followed by success. Repeat. It continues to go. You guys are in a period of your, of your careers right now over there at Seguin and Capital. You guys are experiencing success. You've already implemented a lot of changes, right? You've already went through a lot of struggles as you implemented those changes and those struggles has created growth and somewhat success. But I wanna challenge you to not get comfortable. Don't stay where you are. Don't be ready to lay down and die. Let's continue to embrace, let's continue to change again. Let's evolve, let's go through those struggles, let's embrace them. That's where our growth is going to come from. I wanna share something with you guys. I showed you a video of the dealership that was my baby that I, that I grew. I showed you that video, you saw how big it was, you saw the expanse of it. We were in a tiny little population, we sold a thousand cars. And here's one thing, and no offense, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I asked Kobe how many salespeople you guys had over there. He said, you have about 75. You have about 75 salespeople, about 25 managers, and you guys sold a thousand cars last month, right? 1150, I think it was. Congratulations, man. That's incredible stuff, for real. Congratulations. That comes out to about a 12 to 14 car average per salesperson. That's above market. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. That dealership that I ran, we sold 1,043 cars with 42 salespeople, 11 sales managers, every salesperson averaging 22 cars a month. More efficient, more cost-effective. Makes sense. So I wanna challenge you with that thought. As you guys are coming off of these wins, I wanna challenge you, I want you to recognize that there's still more. We can still perform at a higher level. The salespeople in here that are averaging 12 or 14, you can do 20, you can do 22. You can do a car every single day you're at work. You can do two cars every single day you're at work. The, uh, trust me, the, I hope none of them are on here. I think Josh Mitchell's on here because he used to work with me. But the podunk boys out in Paris, Kentucky are not any smarter than you. They're not any more talented than you. They're not any more gifted than you. None of that. They weren't in a better location than you. None of that. They just continue to, to chase and embrace what's uncomfortable, to do the things that most consider impossible. So here's what I want to challenge you today as we go into this weekend, this powerful weekend. And as we go forward, and I'm going to start working with Alex because everybody needs a coach. Alex is always training all of you guys, right? He's always training. You guys have trainings. You have Zooms. You have your me. You have your, all your different things, right? He needs a coach too. So I've partnered up with Alex. I'm going to share my strategies and ideas with him. We're going to feed off of each other. We're going to create something incredible. 
a major epic legacy that's going to create opportunities for every single one of you that are on this Zoom right now to grow in your careers to grow into new positions. If you have aspirations of being a dealer, well, we're gonna help help Alex build and buy more dealerships so you can make that come true. You wanna be a sales manager? You wanna be a finance manager? We have to grow to continue to open positions so that you can move into those positions. That's what we're gonna do. And I'm gonna challenge you to jump on board with me and let's raise the bar. Let's raise the bar. Let's live dangerously and let's stay un comfortable. Fair enough? Beautiful. I want you guys all to do something real quick. Write this down. The morning com, And that's the number five. The, I'll, I'll drop it over here in the chat too. So you have it over there. The morning com. All right. Got it. All right, I want you to go there. There's an ebook there that you can read. It's going to take you about 40 minutes to read it. This ebook is going to talk about the power of your morning routine and how setting the foundation for your day can help you grow and evolve in the current positions that you're in. This is the first thing that I want to inject and add to what you guys have going on out there because what I know is that that dealership doesn't grow unless you do. The dealership does not grow unless you evolve and become better humans, better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better mothers, better all around. So I want you to download that ebook and read it. It'll take you about 40 minutes to read it. It's free. All right, read it. And then I challenge you to implement it. Let's start with a powerful morning routine. It will be uncomfortable. It will require you to wake up earlier than you currently do, but I promise you it will lead you to an extraordinary life. Let's start our relationship that way. Let's end it on the other side of success, celebrating your wins. Fair enough? Boom. Boom. 